Welcome to Sound Method, a podcast featuring inspiring audio creators from across the world of sound and the techniques they use in their best work. I'm Jess Sang. And I'm Noah Snyderman. Today's episode, Electronic Instrument Building with Meng Tsi. I'm Meng Qi, synth designer, musician, and a teacher. I've been teaching sound synthesis in a few colleges and workshops. Last year, I released my newest synth design, the Wing Pinger, and a small toy called Winnie. Before that, I've been doing a lot of experimental instruments that's focusing on the playing interfaces as well as a few Eurorack modules. So right now you are hearing the Wimpinger along with Ableton Resonator. It's an experiment I've done around April in 2020. And that was the start of a new instrument that I'll be designing. Actually, it's a collaboration with some, with one sense designer I admire. It's and it's also start of Winnie. And this track is called Flow. It's me improvising with voice and the setup I just mentioned. So actually it's uh, uh, from Wingpinger output into the Ableton Resonator. Then after that, there was a limiter. Then from the limiter, output of limiter is connected back into the Wingpinger input. And that's it. So Meng, first off, congratulations on the Wingpinger and getting this amazing instrument into retailers across Europe. We want to talk, of course, about how this instrument works. But first, can you tell us about the idea that sparked the Wingpinger and, and walk us through the process from idea to today? So actually, uh, I'm very interested in the sound of filter pinging, which is when you put a very narrow pulse, a trigger signal to be specific, into a filter. It will generate decaying sound. And that's the base of it. The sound is very, how, how can I say, it's very delicate and organic. To put it in one of my favorite synth designers' words, Trent Gill, he said that it's not only about time, it's also about frequency. So it's a very beautiful sound. That's uh, all the basis. Of it. So after that, I wanted to create an instrument that allows the player to come across chaotic and tonal sound in an instant. And that is the whole idea behind the interface design. So uh, there's a lot of chaotic behaviors lying in Wimpinger that you can get noisy and self generative result very quick, and sometimes it can sound brutal. But I've also try to balance the chaos with some tonal possibilities. For example, I've added a weighted mix, a step modulation that you can tune to have pentatonic scaling. And after that, now 
the finished product also has a touch keyboard, has a few modes they can play chromatically with the keyboard or by MIDI. So you can be tonal and playing some like a harmonic music uh, with other instruments easily. Uh, as well as you can tune it a little bit to chaotic and you can just go in between the two different types of sound and there's no like a definitive age between them that you can go just slightly off tune and you can just slightly tune, right? That's what I mean. So that ability to travel between these two types of sound is uh, is what I want my players to achieve, the ability you want them to have. So that's right. You've talked a bit about the function and the um, patch, essentially, that's going on within it. And what, what about the actual look and feel of it? At what point did you start thinking about that aspect of this instrument? So I want it to be like uh, intuitive, so there's no real hard sleep learning curve. So you don't need to, a player don't need to actually care about the internal mechanisms of the Wimpinger, like the signal flow. I tried to adjust the interface. That's about the, the range of each parameters and the placement and the spacing to be comfortably playable. So uh, I, I like to say I want to give a, give the players a feel that something like a acoustic instrument, you just pick up and play and uh, learn from the sound you're getting. So you can actually play it based on a muscle memory way, right? Would you be able to just describe the interface of it for our listeners? Uh, I know that not everyone has seen a Wingpinger, um, but it does have a pretty unique design. Okay, so it has 10 knobs. Just 10 knobs and two of them uh, are volumes. So it's a very simple interface. And there's uh, like two 24 keys touch keyboard, one for each channel. The IOs, MIDI input and output, eight CV and gate, in and out, and then four in and four out, and two audio input and two audio output, and that's all. Great, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, and the whole the whole interface is pretty small. I mean, I would say it fits. You know, it's it's a handheld kind of instrument. Uh, right? um, it's not it, really that small because I wanted <laughs> I wanted to be easily playable. So all the knobs are, are pretty big. The chicken head knobs. I got this idea from the Robotic. Uh, and it also uses the same potentiometers, which is a very, how do I say, it's a very loose one. It's very easy to move with one finger. So you can play like five or four knobs with one hand at the same time. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess small is relative to everyone. Um, I guess uh, yeah, yeah, smaller, smaller than your bass drum. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, any, any perc- it's smaller than any percussion instrument. <laughs> that's what I'll say. That. Indeed. It's smaller than a, than a keyboard. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's enough for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and so, I mean, even in what you've just described, the ease of use with those knobs, I mean, you can so quickly change between the most and the least of any parameter that you're trying to adjust, at least in the one that I tried of yours. And so, I mean, I guess in terms of projects that you have worked on and projects that you're currently working on, I know that the Wingpinger is kind of your main thing right now. But I, I also know that you've created so many other different incredible instruments and incredible synthesizers. We highly recommend that our listeners go through um, your website and take some time to look at those. 
I know that you've made like these modified hand drums and kalimbas and um, whatever that guitar looking thing is, <laughs> um, as well as the more traditional looking synthesizers. Uh, so can you just talk about how you began making music, um, how you got into synth building and instrument building? So back in the days when I was listening to like popular music I like, uh, when I was in junior high school, I felt uh, if I was doing the music, I would do it uh, in a way that satisfied myself the most. And that's when I was not really satisfied with the music I was hearing. Then I decided to make some music myself. So I learned, started to learn guitar at that time. And I think it's exactly the same reason I started making instruments. That I was not satisfied with the instrument I have played. So I tried to make something that satisfied myself. And that's it. Did you start that in junior high school? No, no, no. The, okay. That, that was music make. That, that was guitar, guitar playing. But for instrument building, I started mm -hmm. uh, in 2007. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. And Meng, when you say satisfy, can you uh, explain that a little bit more? What what did you want to feel or what did you want to hear that you couldn't find? For example, we are listening to a track that you absolutely love. And there probably can be some point that you think, if it's, this point is like that, then I'll be more happy, right? So just a tiny little point that you wanted to change, right? That's what I meant by the satisfaction, right? You just wanted it to be exactly the way you want. <laughs> but actually, that's uh, right. That's an uh, impossible thing, right? Uh, especially when I started engineering, because engineering is all about compromise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure um, most people are listening to music trying to change it to be exactly what they want, but I mean, I think that speaks to how many different things that you've built and how many different ways that you've used sound and all of them. I want to bring up this lecture that I heard you give um, while we were at One Beat about building instruments, uh, which was, I mean, the two or three of us that were there, I mean, we were floored. Uh, <laughs> what an incredible presentation. And even in hearing the overview of how you create and how you perceive instrument building, I wrote something down and I like I pulled this notebook from then it literally says summer 2019 on it. But, but I wrote down, uh, the very first thing I wrote was that musical instruments are the slaves of musical devices, which I think is what you, you opened with. But instruments are designed through purpose. So, I mean, when we have drums, when we have cellos, whatever, these things have evolved over a, a period of time to be the way that they are because of how it fits in the hand, how easy it is to use, et cetera, et cetera. But when you build your instruments, I think there is such care in designing something that does fit in the hand, is useful, is able to be controlled in exactly the way that you want to be controlled, where would you place the wing pinger on the tool versus art piece scale? I think the, the, the wing pinger now is, is about in the middle of the scale. So it's just, this is part like a tool because I've added the MIDI in it that you can easily use it uh, as a like, studio instrument driven by your favorite DAW or other sequencers. But the main concern is always uh, playing feel by hand. But there's a certain 
amount of like tool type of uh, thinking in design. Right, right. And then I guess all the rest of it is is the art, right? Like because it really does seem to me like something that's situated squarely in the middle, where you've you've kind of incorporated the concepts of everything you talked about in you know what makes good instrument design and put it into synthesizer, which into a synthesizer. Sorry, which is not always what I see in a synthesizer. I mean, often they are they seem to be built by people who don't play instruments, and I think this is really the kind of dividing difference between your your instruments and what I see of everyone else. Oh thank you. Thank you. I will I'll be making a more how that crazier <laughs> instrument <laughs> this year, I think. Yeah. Oh really? Yep. Can you talk about that or is it secret? It's, a, it's still secret. Yes it's okay. secret. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But crazier. I'm I'm excited. It's not it's uh, how do I say it's crazier, but I will minimize the tool aspect of this instrument. I want it to be more, more of an instrument that you're live with, like a, more of an instrument that I'd like to live with. <laughs> that part, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I know there's, uh, there's a lot of people that are sharing the same side. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, acoustic instrument players that they the instrument they're they're not tools for them, right? There's like a companion type of thing, right? So because the relationship is yeah, the relationship like is, uh, mm-hmm. is is very deep because playing instruments are like feedback routine between a human and a, a an object. During this passage, there are some a lot of emotions going into the instrument. And that's it. We're not using it just to achieve a goal. We're using it mostly to to get a feel to feel good, right? Yeah, I mean. I heard this percussionist, uh, Steve Schick, talk about this exact relationship where he said a wind instrument is often a kind of lung, a, a way that the player breathes through the instrument. There are other things that are like extensions of the arm, extensions of the leg, ex- you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But the difference in percussion is that you never feel these things as extensions. You are always the extension and you're bridging the gap between, I don't know, I guess the music and the object. Um, oh, that's inspiring. But, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting way of thinking about it. And then I think the tool mindset that you, you've brought up, where all of these things that, you know, for me, the acoustic things that I have are all just tools. And the percussion of it is maybe in the player, not necessarily in the objects. Do you feel that the I, I, the wing pinger or any instrument that you've created is an extension of yourself? Or are you thinking of them more as in the tool mindset? Oh, actually, a lot of I, I'd like to say most of the instruments, especially the one-offs, were the experiments on interface. That they were all experiments of some ideas I had. I I did them just to see how they would sound like. So it's not just about the the, the sound engine of uh, of sense. It's about the the interface. How one would interact with the sound engine that changes the sound right so especially as a percussionist you know that you can turn anything into an instrument and i i've seen you doing amazing things with like kitchen wear right that's your instrument shop a, a kitchen <laughs> right absolutely yeah so you should see this lamp i have but no right so <laughs> Yeah, that's that was inspiring. So, the time you actually play on something, you know, 
if that can be a thing that you like or not. So I have to realize the, the instrument. So that's why I, I did so many one-offs during these years. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to kind of, you know, you have to see it work Yeah, you before. have to touch it and hear it <laughs> at the same time. Then you know mm-hmm. if, this, if that's right or not. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. Thank you. Kind of related to that, so you've talked about your process, instrument building versus acoustic instruments and how different things are expressed through those. In terms of your actual playing, because you do perform a lot on the instruments that you build, how does that process relate? How does the building process relate to the playing process? Do you think of them in similar ways or, you know, is your mindset as a performer different than your mindset as a builder? When you're playing music, you're actually more free. I'd like to say, because engineering, there's a lot of hard rules in engineering. Yeah, when you're building instruments, you even need to consider about the, the, the stability of the structures, the installation structures, and all the specs of the components of it are very easy to, to control. But there's a lot of things that's out of control, especially the wood I'm using for the enclosures. So, um, what kind of wood is that? It's uh, American black walnut. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. So it's, um, I like to say engineering is uh, it's like very restic- restrictive thing to work with. So music's much more free and um, so that's the main thing. That makes sense to me. Mm. My dad is an engineer, so we have very different mindsets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Meng, we have a few questions we like to ask every guest and I'd like you to answer them in terms of your, your playing but if you'd like to bring in the building as well that, that'd be very interesting but, but mostly for your playing so, so our first question is when, when you're improvising, when you're performing how are you thinking about timbre? Timber. What should I say about timber? <laughs> it just, it just happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, timber is just a set of uh, harmonics. So, yeah, my brain is blank about timber, right? <laughs> that, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I like your answer already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> okay, try to say something, but no. Hmm. No, that's, that's great. That's, that's uh, great. Yeah. And how are you thinking about pitch? Yeah, the pitch is, um, it used to be uh, like, dominating parameters in music. But with synthesizers, it's actually opening up too much possibilities to turn it to less dominative parameters. So in a, lot, in a lot of synth designs, the pitch is just equally, it's just equal with other parameters. So, so, you, so you've heard a lot of great music that doesn't have a pitch change, actually. Mm, yeah, so the pitch is not it's not dominative uh, as it used to be. And how are you thinking about rhythm? Rhythm. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting question because I like to bring up the idea of how do I say a, a relabi. Uh, it's it is I think it's about some irrational rhythm that you feel. You have a feel of rhythm, but actually they're out of sync. It's 
also different from polyrhythm. It's not in sync at all, but when someone hears it, it, they can have a feel of rhythm. I think everything's kind of related, right? So the page, timber, and the rhythm, your question is, I think this is a very deep question because you just brought up the, how do I say, the elements of music to me, right? So this, this made me think that if a piece of sound, I mean, a sound definitely have, has this timber, right? But we, we can have no change of pitch or no change of rhythm. So when we are hearing music, you are, we are actually hearing the changes, right? right. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a great point. I also think the way that I've seen you uh, use rhythm is really, to me, almost like time. And, and time, time in the sense of like, it distorts the passage of time. Because, you know, if, if you, like you said, if you have these constant rhythms, and often you do in, in, in building, you know, synths and, and working with synths, mm-hmm. um, if you have something that's, that's repeating so often and then you alter it, it's not even that you perceive it at least to me, as a change of rhythm, but more as, you know, something has shifted and we can't quite perceive what, but we know that something has elapsed in that space. And as opposed to like, okay, let's go one, two, three, four, and you play on on three. It's more that something is stretching, something is contracting, and we don't quite feel it in the same way, but we we understand that that time is has this elasticity to it. I, I don't know. That's That's how I... I perceive, you know, when I've played with you and, you know, when I've, I've played, you know, or sorry, I mean, when I've heard you play in other contexts, it's like, it's almost like you can zone out and hear the sounds that you're making. And then, oh my God, like 30 minutes have passed. So, mm. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Thank you. So, um, yeah, you yeah. have a much deeper sound than, than I do for my, <laughs> for my music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is about perception. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's great, great. Great explanation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 what I took away. But you know, oh, it, cool, every, cool. everyone is different. I, um, I admire it. <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, we have just a couple questions to wrap this up. Is there anything, any advice that you would give someone about? trying to design a musical tool about kind of dipping their toes into the world of instrument building or building any kind of way to change how they make music with kind of limited resources. So someone who's just looking to get started. Yeah, the best advice is always just to get your hands dirty into it in the first place and just try to achieve something to try to make some sound out of circuit or some acoustic instrument if that's what you want um and after that you can jump to the more abstract layer to think about how does how does i say the philo- philosophy behind the stuff you're doing so that's like jumping between both the most um, realistic side of the things and the most uh, philosophy side of things i think that's a that's a good way to to put into it. Just when you're designing an instrument for your own, when you are capable, a technically capable, just to think how an instrument is complete. So, what makes an instrument complete? I think that's a that's a good question. 
you know. Uh, for me, a standalone instrument should make sense just on its own without any help from external gears. That's right. Yeah. What a, I don't know, what a great way of putting what makes an instrument complete? That's a, that's a big question. Yes, it's like I, from, I'll, I'll from, be thinking about that. Yeah, from your Wimpun, how, how it will, would match the ideas, uh, the interface, the uh, sound engine, the techniques, the structures, the look, and uh, the whole philosophy behind all that. Even it can be some, 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 something like that, like a reference of your life or what, a daily life or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, that's, that's kind of all I have. So, um, is there, is there anything you want to plug? Can you tell us where we can buy a wing pinger if we are in the very lucky countries <laughs> that, uh, already have them in stock? I have, uh, I have, uh, a few wing pingers that will be retail later. Because now, now we're, we're having a holiday here. So we can't, I can't ship anything out. So, so after that, maybe later this month or early next month, I will have a few units retailing online. And that's it. <laughs> and I'm starting. So di directly through your uh, website? Or? It's directly through my web shop. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And uh, the second batch is already in production. So. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking to us and thank you for all of your, I don't know, incredible input on electronic music, oh, thank and you. music and yeah, uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you and thanks for being on Sound Method. Thank you, Noah and Jess. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sound Method. Mung was kind enough to give me early access to a wingpinger, and I've had a lot of fun messing around with it this week. What you're hearing right now is my first stab at a wingpinger sketch. If you look in the show notes, you'll find that some of the topics that we discussed have been linked. These links will take you to an article in the Sound Garden, a constantly growing resource drawing on the techniques, tools, compositions, and creators discussed on each episode. Join us next episode to learn about intuitive composition with Adrian Knight. I'm Jess Sang. And I'm Noah Snyderman. Speak to you soon.